Today is Good Shepherd Sunday. We get sheep and shepherds in three of our readings, all of them fairly familiar. Psalm 23, the Lord is my shepherd. Revelation 7, the lamb will be their shepherd. And John 10, my sheep know my voice. Christians are often compared to sheep. Raise your hand if you like being compared to a sheep. (laughs) It's a powerful image, but one I worry about on occasion. How many of you see a sheep once a year? I do usually out of a car window. Anyone see sheep more often than that? Few people, once a month? Not too many. This suggests that a certain amount of caution is called for when interpreting scriptures about sheep. So I spent this week thinking about what it means to be a sheep and whether this is something I want to be. Now, spoilers are a very bad thing when talking about movies, but usually good with regard to scripture. So I'll tell you where I'm going. I have decided that sheep have some wonderful qualities and some awful qualities and some sort of scary qualities. So I'm signing up part-time. God has called me to be sort of sheep-like, but also sort of shepherd-like and not in some fancy collared way, but in a more prosaic, feed the sheep, gather the lost, and lead sort of way that I think all Christians are called to. When I looked more closely at the passages about sheep in the Bible, I saw something strange and slightly subversive. Sheep are common, social, docile, and poor. Shepherds signal the lowly in stories of King David and Jesus' birth. Most of the sheep in the Bible get sacrificed or eaten, usually both. Five New Testament books refer to Jesus as a shepherd. Matthew, John, Hebrews, 1 Peter, and Revelation but four of them introduce him first as the Lamb of God. Only in Matthew is he not a sheep first and a shepherd second. So let's take a closer look at sheep. I am a biologist by training, so that's where my mind goes. Ovis Aries, popular farm animals. There appear to be about one billion of them on the planet. Sheep are calm, social, and recognize leaders, both human and sheep. Unlike closely related species, they do not defend their territory, which makes them a little easier for farmers to herd. They default to group behavior, but can recognize threats and move on their own. Overall, these seem like good qualities. Sheep do tend to focus a lot on eating and avoiding danger, which makes them an awful lot like us. 
Looking at the research, sheep indeed do recognize both human faces and voices, in addition to sheep faces and voices. I challenge you how many of you can recognize faces outside your own species. It's actually pretty interesting. Sheep really do know shepherds. At least after spending time together. And, and I want to emphasize that because sheep develop relationships with humans and those relationships take time. Turning to today's gospel, John 10 sort of troubles me. I don't know if any of the rest of you find it troubling. First of all, we have this word, the Jews. Have you all spoken about that word? No, okay. The Jews gathered around him in the portico of Solomon. Now the portico is a covered walk in the outer court of the temple. Now, scholars suggest that the word the Jews means the people gener generically, the Judeans. And that would have included Jesus' followers, but also may refer to the leadership in the temple, or the leadership in Judea, or it could have been an attempt by later authors to discredit a rival faction. In any case, it does not line up with the modern word Jews. So, local leaders were arguing with Jesus in public. They asked what seemed to be a reasonable question. Are you the Messiah? Does that sound reasonable? Who knows? Dangerous to respond to the preacher in an Episcopal church. Here we come to my second trouble, the one having to do with sheep. Jesus answered, I have told you and you do not believe. The works that I do in my Father's name testify to me, but you do not believe because you do not belong to my sheep. My sheep hear my voice. I know them and they follow me. In the past, I heard this unconsciously through Calvinist ears in terms of predestination. Some sheep are simply good from birth and they recognize Jesus' voice and, well, some sheep aren't and that's just tough luck. This did not sit well with me, especially when paired with a poor understanding of the word Jews. It has led many Christians to think of Jews as inherently and irredeemably evil. This is really, 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 really bad. Now, I am happy to argue with you about predestination. I love arguing about theology. Sometimes I am for predestination and sometimes against. A careful reading of John Calvin and Augustine, however, will reveal that disregard for other human beings on the basis of predestination completely misses the point. So I don't think John is talking about predestination. I think he's talking about sheep. Sheep do not instinctively recognize shepherds. They grow to love them. 
sheep discover that the shepherd leads them to food, water, and safety. Sheep learn, often in the context of other sheep around them, that life as a flock is a good thing. So I do not doubt that we hear God's voice. I have heard it for as long as I can remember. But hearing is one thing and recognizing another and trusting even more. Trust takes time and commitment. Staying in a flock takes work. And for theologians out there, I will nod to John Calvin. I don't know who does the work. Maybe it's the shepherd and maybe it's the sheep and maybe it's a little bit of both. However it happens, the sheep learn to trust the shepherd. They learn what the shepherd says and what the shepherd means. They learn her voice and her vocabulary. So when the people ask, are you the Messiah? Jesus has this to say. I said that I was the good shepherd. I said that I would give you real food and real water and find you when you are lost. I said I would open a gate. I said I'd lay down my life. If Messiah means something other than that, then we're not communicating. Healing the sick and lifting up the lowly while refusing political power, that's what a savior does. Becoming a sacrificial lamb, making atonement, opening a gate between heaven and earth, that is God at work. And without this link between the word and the reality, conversation fails. Demonstration was necessary. Life together was necessary. And God did that. We should probably use different words today. Few of you have a lot of experience with sheep. I'm guessing none of you have experience with temple sacrifices. If you do, maybe we should talk. <laughs> it means that we can miss the significance of sheep when reading the Bible. So in a modern context, I might say that Jesus committed to living with us even when we were unbearable. He made himself subject to our wants and whims in order to communicate. He was humble and honest, gave without taking, listened without interrupting, and took on our burdens without adding to them. How many leaders can say this? How many shepherds actually live with their sheep and lay down their lives for them? Jesus is the good shepherd because he is also an ideal sheep. 
He saved humanity by being human. This is not an abstraction. This is life and death, food and water, predators and prey. It is real sacrifice. And we understand it by living it together. So big theological words can be helpful. I'm an academic. I love big words. Most days you will find me rattling off pentasyllabic nomenclature. It is a weakness. And there is a time and a place for that. Words like predestination, atonement, soteriology, and ecclesiology, they get us in trouble on occasion, but we can usually work our way out because few of us pretend that we know exactly what they mean. Pecuniary substitution and homoousius are not easy concepts. So the big words save us from our overconfidence. It's the little words that get us in trouble. Little words like mother. Mother's Day is a secular holiday. And the word mother means something to me because of the remarkable mothers in my life. My mother and grandmother have been examples to me of faith, hope, and love. Unofficial grandmothers, Ethel and Jane, showed me how to listen and comfort and nurture and lead. My friend Sharon and Patricia and Bill and David and Empress Elephant, her kids know who she is. They taught me more about mothering than I could possibly say. Some of them bore children, some did not. All of them raised children, officially or unofficially. All of them created and nurtured. If Mother's Day were simply about female parents, I have to say it wouldn't speak much to me. Some do that well, and others do that poorly. Some have the chance, and others do not. But this amazing process of nurturing, comforting, teaching, sacrificing, strengthening, supporting, and eventually letting go, I could never explain, but I recognize it and I trust it. It warrants a holiday. As you celebrate Mother's Day, if you celebrate Mother's Day, I hope you'll think about this important, dangerous, wonderful little word and all of the things that it might mean. And I hope you'll remember all of the mothers in your life. Another little word may be even more dangerous. Few words have caused as much trouble as love. Now that word can mean lust or affection or desire or pity. For many it means reciprocity. 
And so when we go out in the world and say that God is love, people misunderstand. They hear the word love, but do they recognize it? Do they trust it? For me, Christianity is deeply wrapped up in community. It requires flocks of real people. Calm, social, consistent but capable of change, not territorial but aware of dangers. It requires individuals who help one another to find food and water and safety. It requires real leadership, but that leadership has a very special character. It starts with a shepherd who laid down his life for his sheep, a God who lived with his worshipers. It continues with those who give without taking, listen without interrupting, take on burdens without adding to them. Not always, but at least once in a while. It continues with communication and forgiveness and trust, each of which, when we understand them, requires genuine sacrifice. We have all been called to be shepherds and mothers and priests. Not always, but once in a while. If you're anything like me, a little more frequently than is altogether comfortable. I am, after all, a sheep. But my shepherd calls. That, I think, is the best possible meaning for love and the best possible meaning for Christian. I believe that all who recognize his voice will hear him say, feed my sheep.